0: Yo, 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 what's up everybody We are back for the second installment of The Deaf Radio Podcast Brought to you by Best of Both Offices It's your boy Mazzy As usual, I'm hanging out with some good people And who are those Who was the first? first? It was just us It was just us kicking, and, kicking Wait, it Wait, so right? I'm the first? You are the yeah. first guest, yes Oh my god You are the first guest <laughs> By the way the am the... trying to be a guinea pig first of all yeah. <laughs> the, the, the voice that you're hearing is the voice of Mr. Just Blaze. What up, what up, what up? What's up, man? I'm here. You're here. Finally. It, it took you a long time to get here, It took here, me right? a long time to get here. Well, so,
1: we thank you for uh, investing your time in no traffic problem. for us. For real. i <laughs> sending, you guys, you, now. I'm sending <laughs> you guys the gas bill. Send it to Mozzie.
0: <laughs> I will. Yeah, yeah, you know get, how Jersey do so stuff. So you might not never get it, baby. Every time I see you, I got you, kid. I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you next time. <laughs> oh, man. So just, man I mean, yes You are the first guest And I'm glad that you were able to make it Um, And thank you, first of all um, But we're gonna get right into it Because I know it took you forever to get here And um, we don't like wasting time On banter I don't like wasting time either Banter is good, though Banter is good Everyone while, you need some banter No, banter is good But there's useless banter sometimes I'll tell you this
2: What's going to actually separate you guys from the rest Is the amount of banter You're going to be able to get from, from people mm. Yeah, I
0: think so That's vice. I think so That's real talk mm. Like,
2: you can ask us questions And we'll give you your answers Right But the banter The little side bars we make mm-hmm. That's what's really going to separate you guys Right That
0: said, I'm giving you no banter <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man Because it took me two hours to get here Yo, two Let's hours Let's move in Alright, so I want to start off with, instead of going into the past of of what you have done and stories of that nature, I want to first start off with what you're doing now and what you're doing coming up.
2: You want me to answer that?
0: Yes. As far as-
2: If I I, told you, I'd have to kill you. Damn. (laughs)
0: Listen, first of all, first of all, you you do a few things. Let's make
2: it clear. You got- (laughs) I I move silently. Right. Um- but if if I learned anything from uh, from my Rockefeller days, if I learned any, anything from Jay, it was to move silently. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't tell people what you're doing before it's happening. Okay. Let them just see um, That's the biggest piece of advice that I give to all my young homies, all the uh, the people that I mentor, things like that. Don't don't speak about it. Let the move speak for you. Right. That said, I cannot tell you anything that I do. <laughs> but I will tell you this. Uber will not leave me alone right now, actually. Like, you give me this. I, 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 know, I know I'm going way off track. Is That's that... also right. Um, yeah, Uber.
0: You're so giving I... us the banter you said you wouldn't give us. Exactly.
2: <laughs> One night, um, I was home. I was bored. I was sitting with the dogs and um, with the wife. And I said, you know what? I'm going to sign up for Uber.
0: Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> wait. Hold on. You got dogs? Yes. And you invited me to your crib? I'm scared of dogs. What kind of dogs you got? They're yeah. small. they the most dangerous They'll take ones. your feet off. Though.
2: That's what they do. am <laughs> They won't bite your feathers, but they'll, they they'll take so your feet I'm, off. I'm now, scared. but I, I, one night I was sitting at the crib and I got a Facebook alert. I do Facebook for friends and family, mm-hmm. and I got an alert that said, uh, see how much your car can earn with Uber. So I clicked it. I just bought a new car. Mm-hmm. And they made me go through all this stuff. And I, so I'm waiting for the day. That I pull up to Uber, with the Lamborghini, and just say, "I'm driving for you guys for two days."
0: Oh, they want you to be a driver. You yeah, don't me
2: to be a driver. That's <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. Imagine Magic just
0: Blaze coming and picking you up. I'm coming,
2: I'm coming, I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> Lambo, am I'm Hudson County. Hudson County, Lambo, County Lambo, Lambo, Uber. That's me.
0: That's hilarious. I'm gonna, put
2: up, I'm gonna take off the Lamborghini, uh, the Lamborghini badge and just put a giant U.
0: What yeah. a the mustache car. for lift. Oh, God, no. <laughs> That's not happening. That's not That's happening. That's worse, man. <laughs> anyway,
2: um, this is very interesting. Um, coming here and seeing this phase of Def Jam is a little different. Yes. Like, I, remember, I remember going to, uh, what was it, 50th and 8th? 8th That's 8th what, actually what I put The in Worldwide Wyoming.
1: Building. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. So, what happens there now?
1: It's a it's an ad agency like I think well, WWP or something like that. They're like this larger conglomerate. Is it still
2: Universal food, no. or
1: No, no not, not at all. all it's we, all it's ad different. media agency type wow. stuff. We
0: have four floors at one point. Def Jam. Had, I remember. Yeah. Mm. She was crazy. That, I ran into I ran into
2: uh, Ian Allen downstairs. Me and Ian uh, had come to a uh, we, we came to a lot of odds mm-hmm. uh, back in the day when I was working very heavily with Def Jam. Um, every time I didn't sample something, he thought I sampled something, and then we would have to argue. Mm. Ah. <laughs> and then we would laugh about it afterwards. Right. And I'm like, Ian, you're an ass. He's like, no, Josh, you're just too good at your job. And I'm like, no, Ian, you're an ass. Right. Like, the, uh, for example, uh, what was the Young Guns album? Uh, Tough Love. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: There was a song, the, the title track, it was called Tough Love. Right. And Ian called me and said, we can't let this record fly. I said, why? Because it sounds old. I'm like, Ian. that's me doing my job. I'm I'm making it sound like I'm sampling something, but I'm not sampling something. Like, I'm bringing in musicians. I'm doing my own voice acting. I'm I'm bringing in other voice actors. I'm paying them out of my pocket. Like, what's the problem? But it sounds like a blaxploitation movie. Dang. But I'm like, all right, so what are we going to do? So he's a... he says, Well, uh, my department has to do some research. I said, All right, "Let me, Ian, let me ask you a question. Are you going to have every person that you have working with or for you watching every black exploitation movie ever made?
0: Right.
2: Because you can't tell me what movie it sounds like, or it's not ringing any bells, it just sounds old. Mm-hmm. So are you going to watch every black exploitation movie? And then say, like, Oh, you sampled this one. Right. He's like, well, we'll figure it out. And Wait, like, oh. so he was
0: convinced that you did sample, you know, you're, t- you're telling him that you didn't. Yeah. Wow. But Def Jam was getting hit with so many lawsuits at that time. Right. Yeah, but there was a point,
2: Um, and I've actually, this is one thing I've never talked about. Um, When we did Rock the Mic, wow, it's going on like 15 years ago, I guess. We did Rock the Mic, and we used the phrase, Rock the Mic, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dougie Fresh showed up at Def Jam one day and said, "We rocked that mic, right? Me and Slick Rick did that back in like, the '80s. So we need some money, and they gave it to him, no questions asked." Man, what?
0: Wow!
1: I did wow. not know that. How much did he stick Def Jam up for? Uh, Anything? fifty,
2: fifty grand, if I'm not mistaken. Jeez. Fifty grand, Damn. and they took part of uh, the publishing for the record. They didn't touch my section or my uh, my share of the publishing, but they came through uh, for fifty grand. And uh, nice and a percentage guy. of the publishing, and I'm like, you guys just gave that away without left, there, that there was, no, was no, a perfect death because they were doing so much yeah. and they had so much volume, yeah. they were so scared of anybody coming through with lawsuits that they were just
1: ready to settle. Yeah. yeah,
2: they were ready to settle, and that was the thing. I'm like, yo, dude, you can't always settle
0: yeah. because
2: there, there are going to be people who come like the Ducky e. Fresh thing. As much as I love Dougie Fresh, as much as he was a part of my childhood and my adolescence. I would have not given him 50 nah. grand right for the first Rocky nah.
1: right, And then take a percentage of publishing. And it probably yeah. wasn't a little percentage. No, so no. it's probably like, like he, 50. He, <laughs> yeah. he, he didn't get 50, but he did all right. And it was just one of those
2: things
0: where it was just wow. like, I just gave that away. Yo, Dougie, Should've who would have thought Dougie Fresh is gangster like that? You no, know, he
2: wasn't. He, and they told me about it, but they didn't tell me until like literally six years later. I was like, I was arguing, speaking of Ian, I was arguing with Ian one day, I'm like, yo, Ian,
0: uh-huh.
2: blah, 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 blah. we're arguing, he's like, what about that time Dougie Fresh came up here? And I'm like, huh? Dougie Fresh what? Wow. By that time he came up and he gangstered us for the Mike, I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> then I found out the story, and I'm like, and you gave it to him? That's
0: just just crazy, crazy. That yo, is, that's man.
2: That said, shout out to Dougie Fresh. Thank you for the show. Thank you for the only play this at night. Thank you for uh keep rising to the top. Yeah. And uh wow. super influential, but he definitely gangstered Death Jam for that.
0: Yeah, I don't man. think he should have got that. Nah, I mean again, shout out to him, but yeah, I don't And mm-hmm. Shout out for his team and his lawyers and everybody to help to that helped facilitate game. From what I understand, cares. he
2: can't do solo. <laughs> wow. Like, yo, what's up? I need to do it.
0: That's crazy.
2: And they gave it to him. But at the time, Def Jam was doing so much and had their hands in so many pockets. Yeah. They didn't want to have the they no problems. They didn't want no problems, right. And
0: they let it be. Understood. And, and it was such a, it was such a well-oiled machine that they were just like... At that train. point, they
2: weren't missing that 50000 But you yeah. know who did miss that 50000 The artists involved. Yeah. The other artists, the yeah. other writers, things like that.
0: Which is a shame. Um, now, you know, aside from being a producer... Uh, you also DJ mm-hmm. And i known you From when you started You know When you were a DJ Now when you were a producer mm-hmm. Or maybe you produced But you know I, kn- right. I first knew you as a DJ um, Now How important do you think Because some, I, I feel like Some of the best producers Used to be DJs They always Actually I'll say this Some of the best producers Didn't
2: used to be DJs They are DJs mm. At heart Right um, If you look at guys And I'm not I'm not speaking of my personal preference, I'm just uh, going down the list of what I have in my head. Right. You have guys like myself. You have guys like Swiss. You have guys like um, Clark Kent, DJ Premier. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: Even Dre, Dre
2: was a I DJ. Had, was like Dre, RZA. move forward a little bit. You have guys like Dahi, um, a mm-hmm. um, These guys, Started out learning how to play music that people like, and then learned how to make learn how to make music that people love. Yeah, and that was the most important thing for me was, or a big turning point for me was listening to all these records and then saying I can do this, not even knowing what I'm doing. Right. But just doing my own limited research. There was only but so much research you could do in 1995. You know, like.
0: There was no Google. No, yeah, there, there Far was no Google. Right. Right.
2: We had the source, we had double we had Rap Pages. Microfish. Yeah.
0: Wow.
2: <laughs> we had uh, uh Um what was the one
0: Did you say Word Up?
2: No, we had Word Up in all those those magazines, those I never really bought, but there was one internet resource
0: back then. In ninety five?
2: That my, brother, my little brother actually put me on uh, to a lot of internet stuff super early on. I can't remember the name of it. If I do, I will text it to you and you can overdub it no. or just say it. No. Um, but there was one resource that used to have a lot of old rap magazine scans. Anyway, point is, mm-hmm. back then it was trial and error. And if you weren't hustling, which I wasn't, mm-hmm. or if you weren't in the street, which I wasn't, it was a convincing a family member who believed in you enough to buy you a piece of you know, a piece of gear. Right. Which in my instance was a drum machine or a keyboard. Mm-hmm. And, um, I got an ASR-10 because that's what Rizzy used. And that's what I read in a Rap Pages interview. <laughs> Somebody, Rizzy, what do you use? ASR-10. Auntie, that's what I got to get. Right. ASR-10. And I thought that when I got the ASR ten, I thought I was going to be the next Rizzo or the next Pete Rock, and I was
1: not. That <laughs> <laughs> beats were so terrible. Do you still have those in the in the the, the crates? He those, does. does I actually feel, it was he
2: funny does. enough. I, I I actually didn't have any of them until about three years ago. Uh, an old homie of mine, um, Rome. Uh, he's he still does his thing on the internet. He, he calls himself Rome clientele. He uh. I guess with was my first artist, so to speak, mm-hmm. and I gave him my ASR-10, and shortly after that, we imparted waves, and I went on to do my thing, he went on to do his thing, but we reconnected, you know, um, and he brought the, uh, we, re- we reconnected recently, and he brought the ASR-10 back to the house with all the floppy disks. Wow. Yeah, Most yeah. of them didn't work, but about five of them did work.
0: Wow. And...
2: Um, there was a floppy disc that I didn't recognize, and I'm like, this is new. And he's like, well, it's not new. It's still 10 years old.
0: By but the was way... The beat that his daughter made. By the way, Just Blaze has some of the most impeccable memory I've ever seen in my life. I'll tell y'all later why. Dude,
2: I could tell you some of the dances that you did when you were a kid. Yo.
0: <laughs> um, you specifically,
2: Mozzie. But yeah, now nah, he, brought, he brought me back uh, all the discs. Most of them didn't work, but one of them... Uh, some, some of them did... One of them didn't match. I'm like, what is this? He's like, that's a beat. My daughter did. Oh, his daughter, wow. he, apparently his daughter caught the beat making bugs from watching him use my old ASR 10. And his daughter at the time was like four or
0: five Just years sponged old. it.
2: Yeah. That's crazy. And, uh, I mean, it's just, it just goes to show, like, put the right tools in front of the right individual. You know, whether they're five years old, 15 years old, 25 years old, Mm -hmm. the human mind is is an amazing thing. When it's soaking up that knowledge. Because at the time, he was an aspiring artist. So she grew up around him trying to be a rapper and him, you know, having all these beats around and having a studio around. Next thing you know, she, Daddy,
0: wow.
2: Look at what I can do.
0: That's crazy. Is she still doing it? Uh, Nothing I know. Mm. Nothing I know. So what year was that when you got the ASR and you was rapping with it? Ninety-three. 93. Okay, so is this the, is this co- correct chronological order with you? DJing, starting to make beats, then the rapping. God, the rapping was just an intermediate thing. Um, because that's when I really met you in that battle. Remember right. Rutgers University? Oh God! <laughs> all right, look, I used to rap just to. <laughs> It's it's funny, yo. Um, you got just got bars, people. Don't don't don't. No, I do him, not. Don't let them fool you. I have
2: you. nothing. <laughs> Whatever. I'm, I'm, a, I'm I have great, 38
0: I'm, bars to prove otherwise. Oh god, I'm a great <laughs> ghostwriter.
2: Um, actually, so for me, the progression was fell in love with music, um, then fell in love with DJing, then learned how to make beats, and then at the same time, yeah. Here's the thing: is back then when you when you were young, you, oh, when I was young, in that late. Like, 80's Mid to late 80's stage You did everything You overlapped elements yeah, Right yeah, absolutely. No if you If you wrote graffiti And rhyme you, If you were hip hop You wrote graffiti You rhyme you, you b-boy You did everything
0: right. Yeah you did everything Or at so, least tried it all, Your exactly, hand in everything Exactly
2: yeah. So there was a, There was one day I'll never forget It was actually the first day my, uh, my, my older cousin Kay Ever took me record shopping In New York Which was a super huge deal for me It was the first time I bought a mob Do
0: you b-boy. remember where y'all went?
2: 125th all, These would be mad record stores, mad 125th. Record stores. We went open to all, I didn't do anything downtown But 125th We went to every store mm. That day We were um, Coming through The uh, Lincoln Center When he was taking us And I used to make beats And rhyme And my little brother Used to make beats and rhyme My little brother's beats Were not that good
0: mm-hmm.
2: My rhymes were decent But my rhymes were Replicas of, or they were like interpolations of things that were out. So, yeah. like when Kane said, "Let it roll, get bold, I just can't hold. I was like, "Doing damage, got to manage your body but <laughs> It was the same thing, right? <laughs> so, I was just copying what I, you know, uh
0: you hearing doing. right?
2: Exactly, and trying to find my own voice. One day, we were in the car on my first day going to record shop in New York, and my little brother. Kick this rhyme, and I was just
0: like,
2: funny enough, his rap name was Rock. Rock.
0: So yeah, so weird. Wow. This is before Rock and Fall. Right.
2: But um, he he did that rhyme in the back seat. Me and him, I was sitting in the front seat, passenger side. He was in the back seat. He said this rhyme. He said, "You step to the rock, I rolled you, roll you up like a dreadlock." And I was like, "I'm done." <laughs> I mean, he was like 11, and I was like 13. So that I mean, that was it. I never wrote another. i never wrote another rhyme again. And um, with the exception of, you know, songs that I've helped down. Right. But that's when I decided I'm going to make beats. And that's when he went on to try to become a, an artist. But it was definitely a family thing just overall. Um, and then, eventually, things took off for me musically. Um, things, at the same time that that happened for me, things took off for him DJ-wise. Oh, it did? He became the main DJ at the 4040. Uh, well, I guess it was a couple of years later. Mm-hmm. He ended up becoming the main DJ at the Forty Forty here in New York.
0: Okay.
2: Then they moved into Atlantic City, and then from there he went to Vegas, and then he sold the one in Vegas, and he's still out there, and he's doing his he's doing well. Wow. But um, the uh, the rapping thing I stopped at that point, like trying to be a rapper myself. Right. But the progression was like you said, it was. Pretty much like discovering music, playing keys, and then learning to be a DJ. And then from there was everything else. Everything else. And then around 98, I said, oh, this is what I'm doing. I'm making music. You yeah. know, and I'm shaping records and producing records and making beats, but the rapping thing. Like,
0: so you you were coming from, from Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, those who are from Jersey know... Very well that We were in New York's shadow a lot So we had to work double Maybe triple as hard Triple hard Oh right. um, you know It's,
2: it's funny because Alright for example Like Us as New Yorkers New Jerseyans Whatever you want to call us mm. East Coasters You have people that will say Oh uh In reference to California For example mm-hmm. Oh LA You know Uh San Diego or L.A., the Bay, whatever. Same mm-hmm. thing. Tell Totally not. And anybody from L.A. will tell you the same thing about the Bay and vice versa. Right. New York and New Jersey were very much the same thing.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, there was a whole different scene that was happening in New Jersey versus what was happening in New York. And um, as a kid growing up, at the time when groups like Bloody By Nature, uh, Queen Latifah, Apache. Oh, yeah, Apache. Any, any, any yeah. of the Flavor Unit, but then also groups like Red Man, who were... Right. Artifacts. Are artists, are artists like Red Man and Artifacts, who were affiliated with New York um, conglomerates or New York uh, labels. Like, flavor unit, flavor unit was very much a homegrown thing. It was, yeah. Red Man was done with EPMD, who from Long Island. As mm. far as I was, I was considered as a kid, that was New York City. Yeah. yeah. Um... You know, um, artifacts were on Big Beat, founded by Craig Coleman. You know, mm-hmm. very much a New York thing. Um, and for me, it wasn't until I got to college and started to meet some of these people that. Where did you it, go to school? Rutgers. Okay. I went, Rutgers? I, I, went, I, went, I went to all of them. Okay. <clears throat> uh, it wasn't until I went to Rutgers that, that it became a. Uh, feasible or possible that it was actually something that I could really do. Right. Because I started meeting so many, so
0: many local artists. Outsiders was And you saw them that oh, they were that breaking right. out of just right. the neighborhood. Right. And that's when you saw that it was possible. So it was feasible. like guys that used to
2: come to the open mic but then they're rapping all the beats that I would play at the open mic. Yeah. And at first it's whatever but then like oh. All of a sudden Young Z comes back and he's got a record with KRS-One. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it? Milk. Yeah. Call me milk. And you're like but he was at the open mic last week. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Artifacts has their thing with Big B. Um, the outsiders go on to do what they do. They first they linked with M. And then, you know, they had their deal with uh Z had got his deal with Perspective. Um, Rod Digger got her deal with um flip mode. And to all these, to all these acts, I was like the annoying ass kid
0: <laughs> that was just kind of there like. You know, how about how about the the Fugees? You, you was was uh, no, you, you, I, I my
2: first exposure to the Fuji's on a personal note. I mean, we all knew Nappy um, Heads, right? Because they kind of broke through that. Boof bath sucked. Boom, <laughs> sucked. But I remember being um when I was I was at I was on the I spent some time on the Rutgers Newark campus, mm-hmm. and uh, BOS the Black Organization of Students we raised some money. And we had this new group called the Fujis come down. Booth Bath was out, but nobody really cared about Booth yeah. Bath. And um, Nappy Heads kind of came and went. So we got them for cheat. But then they showed up, and I first connected with their DJ, uh, what was his name, Leon. There was a dude named Leon, over was the DJ at the time. And me and him connected on a typical rap nerd DJ thing, like, mm-hmm. you know, old records, old record stores, whatever. And then the Showtime came and they opened up with this song called How Many Mics?
1: Wow. And I remember
2: sitting there like rip on the TV. Wow. <laughs> and then they, from there they did that. They did Fujiwara.
0: They did Kill Me Softly. Wow. And this is um, this is yeah. after the first album, but the second but album had before not the been score. to do before it. The
1: score. So this is just like a little sample flight right. of just them putting but it. But you're out.
2: just sitting there watching all this happen. Wow. And it was like. Like ha- Every good every standout song from the score that you could think of, they performed that night. Mm. And I remember watching it and being like, I can do this. And I think for me that was a major thing was seeing um, artists from my neighborhood do what I want to
1: do. All right. That's dope. To say that and to segue, so seeing that happening at that time in Jersey and right. possibly going to New York, seeing the open, the open mics and artists mm-hmm. and the emerging artists at that level, is there any comparisons to what we're seeing today? Similarities, differences, you know what I mean? From the artist showcases, the artists' is getting on mm-hmm. from 1990, early 90s, to now, I mean, basically, to this new millennium.
2: I don't know, I guess like the internet is the new
1: open mic. Right.
0: <laughs> it really is. <laughs> and so I ain't think of it that
2: way. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. Shortly after I became an uh, intern at the cutting room, it was right around that same time period that um, Stakes is High and, uh, pardon me, Stakes is High and was um, the I's album that came out at the same time.
0: It was right? Yeah. Came out. I was
2: like, in ninety five. I think it was ninety six. Yeah, ninety six. Right? So I saw a lot of the a lot of the spiral that happened after that. Okay. So you had like Raucus right next door to me. Literally. I was at six seventy eight, Broadway, Raucous was at six seventy six. So they made a little bit of money, all of a sudden, you know, they signed most, they had Reflection Eternal, they had Farrell Bunch, and they were doing the things that they were doing. And at the same time, I'm first, having my first bit of meeting with, you know, Def Jam and Rockefeller and whatever. Right. Um, but growing up in Jersey, and being a music nerd in general, um, I was also hanging out with guys like the Artifacts and uh, somebody outside Like I said, none of those guys know knew who I was. They just knew I was the annoying kid at the open mic in mean, Newark. Right on, on Wednesday. But Wait, which, where was that Was the that Pipeline?
0: Black forty five shit? Yeah, Black, Black Forty Five. Wow. Yep. wow.
2: But then um there was a uh, one particular point when I got the internship and Q-Tip at one point signed Rod Digger. Did he? A lot of people don't know that. Uh, um, at least that's how it was put to us at the studio. Mm-hmm. Q-Tip found Rod Digger. I want to say that's how she ended up in football. I want to say maybe Q-Tip brought her a buster,
0: The Buster. Yeah, because they, they were cool.
2: Right. But there was a... Uh, I want to say Q-Tip um, had a vibe book, a bunch of sessions at the cutting room. For Rod Digger, and her producer at the time was uh, who they put her in with, was this guy, a kid called Roots, who did years later did Bleek's Do my, Do my Ladies Run. Oh, yeah, yeah, move. okay. So he did a song with her, and then the following day, um, Raucus Books a Most Deaf Session. And these were all like cash sessions or like, you know, like, write you a check on the spot sessions. It wasn't PL, There was no corporations behind it or right. anything. I say all that to say, a week later, I'm at another open mic uh, in Newark. Mm-hmm. And Roger and Mo's Depp both show up.
0: Wow. And they
2: do the songs that they record at the studio the week before. Oh, and funny. I was the assistant engineer. That's
0: wow.
2: So... I'm rapping along, I'm the only person in the crowd who knows the songs they're doing. Right. And I'm rapping along and they're like, how do you know this shit? And I'm like, <laughs> yo, I, I got your coffee! <laughs> <laughs> That's me, I got your coffee, I went and bought your Hennessy. Oh, you know, um, but back then, that open mic scheme was a lot of times, for a lot of people the first time they got exposed to the music. I had kind of yep. a, a cheat code or an advantage because I was in the studio while, was, while those songs were being recorded. Mm-hmm. But I say all that to say that is what got me inspired. Not, not got me inspired. That's what made me believe that I could do it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Because you had people like... like By the time that I came around, guys like Redman, by the time I had met Los the Underground, by the time I had met the Artifacts, they, don't, they were already solid. They were already doing what they do. Right. When I first met Rod Digger, and the Outsiders, they, hadn't, they didn't have that going on. Mm-hmm. When I first met most Def. They didn't have. He didn't have that going yeah. on. Me, kind of coming from that same element, and me having conversations with them in these sessions as people, just as human beings,
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, maybe kind of go back home and just it, it gives you it, it gives you a different boost of, a different boost of confidence. Yeah, as a mojo,
1: Your right? Mojo yeah, you gotta remember out. something.
2: As a kid, pardon me. As a kid, when you see these things happening on TV, it's not necessarily real.
0: Yeah.
2: Like when you see
0: a reality show you see the finish. it's like a product. reality show it's
2: not really it's not really happening yeah. when you see like I, I'm just going by my childhood guys like EPMD um guys like like Jay even you know later on it's my adolescence mm. it's not real it's not really like or Big or Craig Mack or anybody that I grew up listening to you know I, I can name a zillion groups it was all happening on TV and on the radio it wasn't happening in front of you These were the first acts that I saw actually, where where it actually happened in front of me. And on top of that, I was kind of like, I was in physical proximity to them. Like, I'm playing beats at the open mic and you're rapping on them. You're asking me to bring my beat back. Like, Mm -hmm. that made me say, oh wow, I can do this.
0: And just like, just like your friend's four-year-old daughter who was absorbing it the way she was, exactly. was absorbing it too. Exactly,
2: exactly. I, I was just taking it look like, yo, this is something that can really happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 20
0: years later, here we are sitting here having this conversation. Yeah, after a bunch of traffic. Yeah. <laughs> so what was... Okay, what was the... I saw it. I was able to catch wind of it, but I want... You to know, see if you could describe it for the people. What was the atmosphere at the at, at Rockefeller at a time when it was Kanye, Just, Kanye, Just, Kanye, Just? Like what was right?
1: Because it was you two guys just basically yeah, was, it was just Rockefeller. The, the, the one two the punch. You know what I mean?
0: Actually, no, it, it wasn't that. You know No,
1: it
2: was Just, 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 and then right. Kanye would come in like, coming. boom, I'm here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, <"Got> you! <laughs> <laughs>
1: Time
0: to take your spot Right No like You know It wasn't that It was Like I was um, That's how it seemed To the outside world No like. I know
2: but, but that's how But that's what it, What it actually was Was I took up shop In Baseline mm-hmm. Before I bought it um, I was just there As a producer that Jay liked. No. Like, I never signed To Rockefeller I never I never signed To Rockefeller I never signed To Def they, they, they just paid me They paid me well mm. They saw my talent Early on and They paid me well They so, Alright you're gonna Be our guy and we also have another guy named Kanye. We also have another guy named Rockwall The thing mm. with Rockwell didn't really pan out. The thing with K-Rob, um, was the only guy they had, didn't really pan out. But with me and Kanye, you did. Kanye wanted to be an artist, so my deal was different than his. But long story short, um, it was me in there 24-7, and I'd be there working, because I was working on... Like if you look at any of those albums from that era, you see I'm doing like five, six songs on each album, and I'm kind of helping to dictate the flow and the sound of the album. Right. right. And then Kanye would just come in and be like, I'm Kanye West. (laughs) Boom. And like and drop a bomb. Right. And it was just like, God damn, now what am I doing? You know, (laughs) like, um, that was more so our dynamic. Like, but then he would call me and be like, yo. How did you make the horns and you don't know so loud? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, how did you uh, make such and such happen? I, I feel like it wasn't really in, until, in terms of our dynamic, mm-hmm. not his overall, you know, uh, dynamic, but in terms of our dynamic, it wasn't really until the Black album, I feel like where he was just really like, I'm here, I'm good. Mm-hmm. You know, like, throughout. The dynasty, the blueprint one, blueprint two, we were kind of still trading barbs or uh, not that barbs. That's that's the wrong way to put it. Just basically like trading information back and forth. Black Adam was the first time that like he really just walked in and like, yeah, I'm here. Here's Lucifer. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> you know? Um but that was always the always always our dynamic. I guess from the outside looking in it kind of felt it probably looked like from kind of the competition. Right. There really wasn't any.
1: It was all camaraderie and love. And it was
2: camaraderie, but at the same time, like, <laughs> it, it, it was, here's the thing. Between me and him, it was totally camaraderie and love. I was never, at one point, like, he was about to come sleep on my couch.
0: Right.
2: Because he was tired of being in Chicago.
0: Wasn't he, he was
2: in Newark for a while. He was in Newark, and I think in Hoboken for a while. Okay. But at the time, he didn't, um... He didn't. Uh, he w- he, w- he didn't have a place out here. He was still in Chicago, going back and forth. Oh, that's right. And he w- I was like, "Yo, just come sleep on my couch. Like, it's fine. Whatever. Just, you know, stay here and figure it out." Right. Because you're cool.
1: gonna spend ninety percent of your time in the studio anyway.
2: Exactly. So just <laughs> stay here. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um. But eventually, you know, he 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 figured out his lane. He did, he did what he had to do. But it, it was right around you know, the other black album that he really I feel like as a producer fan the lane that would later on go to shape his career. right um cause even like run a blueprint to like certain records he was still hitting me like ask me certain questions or ask me to do certain scratches on things or change the snare on something whatever just little things right but yeah Black Albums when he was like yo yeah
0: I'm good well um Speaking of production, you mentioned the ASR-10. Mm-hmm. Uh, is your weapon of choice today? Let's just use logic. Yeah? Yeah. And it, what's your favorite of all time? Like, is it ultimately logic? or Probably
2: the MPC-4... I mean, the MPC-4000 is probably probably what I've made more classics on than anything else. mm mm-hmm. um, And I could use that thing blindfolded. Literally like blindfolded. But there's so many things that come along with using an MPC-4000, okay.
0: or any drum machine. Mm-hmm.
2: You know, um, the beauty about working in the box is that you have um, and gentlemen, gentlemen, gentlemen. the ability to pull what you might pull out of a 4,000, and a zillion drum modules, or a zillion, uh, you know, sound modules, keyboards, virtual instruments, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of workflow, right there was a point where I could just, I could literally use the MP blindfolded.
0: Wow.
2: You know, um, I wanna say the last work that I did on the MP was probably Exhibit C. Yeah, was it was Exhibit C.
0: On MP? Yeah.
2: Okay. this There was an old, before we had uh videos on Twitter, what was it? It wasn't a tweet vid, it was a Y-Frog. There's an old Y-Frog video <laughs> of me actually making Exhibit C. Oh, my bad. There's actually an old Y Frog video of me making Exhibit C with j Electronica in the room. Like, I was just tapping it live.
0: Wow.
2: Um But, uh, yeah, the, M- the MP was probably just what I wanted to get around the quickest. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, there's no reason in 2014 for me to be. Or 2014. I think. <laughs> that said, there's no reason in, ta- in 2016 for me to be uh, walking around with a mm-hmm. NPC, NPC the, player. NPC player,
1: so um, as you mentioned Kanye, mm-hmm. and I was mentioning this earlier, what I was going to probably ask you, um, what's your take on the Kanye merch phenomenon? That is, is I just happening?
2: saw that today. The uh, was it the
1: Gildan thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, what's your thought on it? Like, and how he's kind of like cut down on just like his uh, his production at the the concerts and filling up more pack, but really more the merch because the merch right now is just the hottest topic of conversation all the way from the New York Times to our I years.
2: mean. Mm. let me tell you alright so let's, let's just go through what let's go to what people have on what kind of t-shirt you got on bro polo oh, no. pocket tee pocket
0: tee
2: nice what kind of t-shirt you got scale like depth have all <laughs> uh, black
0: scale t-shirt Brooklyn Fulton Fulton Street $5 white t-shirt
2: <laughs> and I got on a very nice um polo uh what is this? I think it was from the Meridian collection.
0: That yeah, when you shut down the Lowe's store?
2: I shut down every day. <laughs> <laughs> but <it's> so modest. <laughs> but the reality of it is, collectively, if you put all of our shirts, if we took all of our shirts off, poor, and put them on the table, the worth of our shirts collectively is probably five dollars. Yeah. In terms of what it costs to make. Right, them. if that yeah. What kind of sneakers you got on? You uh, got some on some Yeezys. Yeezys. Yep. What you got on?
0: Nike's Nike.
2: Air Max. Yep. Those ain't. What are those? Those aren't bands. What are those? Oh. No, here's Jordan no, ones. Jordan ones. Yeah. Not, are those old bands? These are older ones. Right. Just
0: they came with the trap. Those. Yeah.
2: Right. Um, yours. Pomas. Pomas. I got them some Louis Vuitton sneakers. They're they're dope. It's probably the, the only Louis Vuitton sneakers I, I would ever wear. I paid about. Yeah, those are clean. Yeah, I paid a good amount of money for them. I probably paid. A page, somebody's paycheck for them. That said, no, that said, the cost of manufacturing all these sneakers
1: under twenty dollars.
2: No, I would say less than twenty dollars, but less than a hundred. Okay. Um. Ultimately, I mean, you can get like, what are you really in it for? Are you in it for how much it costs to make something, or are you in it for the message? Now, granted. There, are, there, there are some people who take great pride on wearing a T-shirt that say, "I feel like Pablo" or whatever you know those shirts say. Um, you're buying into a culture. You're buying into an identity. Right. Um, if that identity means that much to you, then go for it. If you're buying it just because it's the cool thing to have, I can't really really be mad at it, but I can't identify with it. But if it's something that speaks to you, right. cool. And when something speaks to you You can't put a price tag on it mm. And
1: it's one of the $60 Resales so, yeah, so
2: if he has, I, I, don't, I don't even know how to pronounce the name of the company Gildan, whatever yeah, it is Gilding, yeah. You know If he takes a, a, a $2 You know, or a dollar Or 50 cent t-shirt And puts a statement On it that somebody feels like is worth $60 to their identity or who they are right? Then go for it Go for it I'm not mad at that at all. Um, because if you really want to start breaking down what something cost to manufacture versus like I, you know, I, I, I actually I'll finish that first thought. If you want to go there, go there with everything. Like, I'm building and kind of rebuilding a couple of houses right now. Me seeing what it costs to do that versus what the houses can sell for,
1: mm. it's a whole different it's thing. It's a whole different model. Like, <clears throat>
2: I could buy uh, a house, actually, I'll keep it simple. I can go to Hudson County right now in Jersey, buy a decent little condo for 200000 put another $100,000 into it. Turn around and six months later sell it for five hundred thousand. Easy. Very easily. Am I wrong? You know that's just kind of how the market works.
1: Right.
2: You know, like you're paying for materials that I use, you're paying for the time that I've invested. Right. You're the paying aesthetic. for the, you're paying for the fact that myself or somebody that works with or for me or somebody who's close to me has the vision and knows how to package just placed into a place that somebody would want to pay that much money to live in. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So at that point, no, I'm not like, I can't be mad at that. You people think that like, I don't know, what do they expect? Because a golden t-shirt is worth a dollar? That client should be charging $1.25? No, of
1: course
2: not. He's a business. He has people on his payroll. Right. He has, um, his responsibilities, like, you know, I mean, he's a celebrity, he's rich, you know, that goes without saying, but, that brand took time and money right. to yeah. build. For
1: 15 years. Um,
2: right, like, I remember him putting me to the side when we were on the, you know, Touch the Sky video set and being like, yo, I spent my last dime. To refilm this video, Def Jam paid for a Touch the Sky video that nobody has ever seen. He came back after the fact and uh, and out this whole new video, the video that we know, right. the Grand Canyon and the Evil Knievel thing, whatever. And I want to say that was something like seven hundred thousand dollars wow. at the time. Wow. I, f- I forget the number. It was an astronomical number, but I want to say it was something like seven or eight hundred thousand. I remember G calling me like, "Yo, we just spent all all money <laughs> on this video." kind of Right. And because Def Jam had already given him a video for it. And they shot it and, they, and he hated it.
0: Yeah,
2: like it And I'm just using that as an example. It's like, yo, know, when somebody has not you know, has an artistry and a vision. You can't, it's not something you can put a price tag on. And when you spend so many years cultivating that. You know, it's a business at the end mm-hmm. of the day. It's got to be made back. Like, people have to be, people have to make their salary. People have to make their money. Um, and I will say. As crazy as you can talk about him, as many things as you can say about him and whatever, you know, people like to talk crazy about him. Um, he puts his art before commerce. I've witnessed that a zillion times, Um So him needing
0: $60 for the golden shirt, I don't care. Wait. Wait. And if he can get it, why not? That's how I see it. And you paying it! Right, and they're paying it <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now um, that's good business. I'm gonna. I have one little topic on on, on a production tip that I want to ask you. Actually, yeah, that, this is one more curious thing that I got. Did you, you know, you you're. I've seen you in the studio before. You're very you're a perfectionist. You're really hard on yourself. <coughs> was there ever a beat that you made and you was just like, damn, like what was I thinking, like, really patting yourself on the back, like, I really outdid myself, I don't even know how I got here, but I got here, and it's it's amazing. Have I ever walked away from a record feeling like I was just shit? Yeah, so. basically, that's what I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> like, blew your own mind with it, you know what I mean? Lord knows is awesome. Lord knows is really good. Lord knows, okay.
2: You don't know was really good. I
0: mean I think. The well, I... blew
2: my mind about that is that I was so young and didn't know what I was doing back then. Mm. Um, but apparently I I knew something.
0: Right. Yeah. Like it's it was just... One of the biggest <laughs> club anthems.
2: Yeah. Um Hire. Directly what I that I did with a uh, with Harry with Bauer. Okay.
0: Cool.
2: Um For me, I didn't really know anything about like I knew trap music in terms of like, not rap trap, but like the EDM trap thing. Yeah. I knew some of the records. I never really tapped into like... I didn't purposely make that record for that genre. It just kind of ended up there. Mm-hmm. I was just like making what I thought sounded good and what I thought would sound good in the club. And... um ended up becoming one of the biggest records in that genre, you know, for that era, for that right. that, that EDM Trap run.
0: What year was that? Uh, 2013 I think? Because that had you like bouncing around doing gigs for... for Still to this day, it has right. me
2: like freaking...
0: I, I did a festival in Russia... Two months ago. See, these are the times I get mad at Serato. I wish it was still vinyl, because I could have carried crates and came No. <laughs>
2: I would never be mad at Serato, because I will say one thing about Serato. Serato doesn't mix for you. It doesn't select your records for you. It doesn't create your set for you. Right. It doesn't create your You still vibe. got a DJ. You still have to be a DJ. Yeah. It makes your job easier. And I feel like a lot of these DJs who hate all... A lot of these all-vinyl DJs or a lot of these old-school DJs... I don't, I don't want to say old-school DJs. A lot of these purist DJs. Mm-hmm. You ever notice a lot of times... And whack going hand in hand. Yes. Pierce MCs, Pierce DJs, Pierce producers. Most of them suck.
0: Yeah. Um. At least half of them suck. At least a lot of them. Right.
2: Um. Cause I'm friends with a lot of the successful Pierce. Those guys are the most forward thinking and accepting of things that are out there. Mm-hmm. Um. Like, Serato doesn't mix for you, it doesn't scratch for you, it doesn't cut for you, it doesn't select your songs for you, it doesn't segue for you, it doesn't build a set for you. All it does is make it easy for you to not have to carry records. Mm -hmm. And only only in recent time with Serato DJ does it help you keep records on beat with each other. That said, you still gotta be a good DJ.
0: If you
2: suck, you suck.
0: That's true.
2: You know, having an NPC inside a computer versus b- it being a boss like it used to be doesn't make you a better producer. If you suck, you suck. Right. And that's what purest get on my nerves. Just like, dude, most of y'all suck. And that's mm. why you're mad.
0: Right. That's the root of your anger.
2: Yeah. Like, you're not mad at somebody else's success. You're mad at the lack of your role. Mm. This is what it is.
0: Wise words. <laughs> who 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 are I don't wanna say your favorite DJ, but who are some of your favorite DJs?
2: My favorite DJs.
0: Give me like the top three.
2: I don't have top anything pause. Okay. Um <laughs> but my favorites some of my favorites. Um uh from a technical standpoint, DJ scratch, DJ Revolution. Yeah, yeah the whole invisible, uh, invisible scratch pickles, pickles. crew, A track, um, A-track, um craze.
0: crazy. Um, is a beast.
2: He's, he's probably he might be the best.
0: He's fucking crazy.
2: Um, when he's on a point, he might be one of like he might be the best. I battled him one time in Florida
0: for fun. Wow! But I gave him mad drinks first. Look at look here, let's battle. And sabotage this whole <laughs> shit.
2: <laughs> but no, nah, it's um no nah, like they're great. Um, but then you have guys who like aren't technically great, but like have great song selection, like a D Nice, mm-hmm. or you know Stretch Armstrong. Stretch is not doing backspins and whatnot, right? He doesn't need to. He's rocking a party. But I've seen... Richard Dina's awesome. Yeah, Richard Dina.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, when I, when, I, when yeah. I'm in front of a crowd that I love, I'm the shit. Pause. No, not pause, but just pardon my language. Yeah. Um. When I'm not feeling a crowd, I'm not good. Like, I am not good at faking it. There are some DJs who are really good at faking it. I am mm-hmm. not good. If you ever see me on stage and I suck, I'm faking it. Um. But when I have a really great crowd and I'm really feeling the energy and I'm... For me... And not every DJ works like this. I envy the DJs that can get past this. What I can't get past, if, if I don't like the crowd, I can't give good energy. And it, with any DJ, if you don't give good energy, you're not
0: going to get it back. you not going to get it back, right.
2: Um, so for me, when I have a great crowd and I have good energy, and if that symbiosis is, is there, mm-hmm. I'm one of the best DJs you'll ever see. Wow. If I don't like your energy, or if I'm just not feeling the crowd's energy, you're not going to have fun. And I probably shouldn't shouldn't say that. Sorry, promoters. Sorry, bookers. But it's kind <laughs> of true. Um, yeah.
0: All right. Okay. Just please set though. Nah, I've never. I, I'm, and I'm not saying this because you. I'm not saying this because you're my friend. I've never seen a whack set by you. And yeah, I've see. seen you in different right lanes. You know what I'm right. saying? I, from regular shit to the 45 sets to whatever it is.
2: Oh uh, yeah, the uh it was uh Henny Palooza a couple of weeks ago. Was a little crazy.
0: Mm. I heard um, it was
1: nuts
2: It was Adam, nuts so. Then I came out I, I, We had a little incident um, Which I won't speak on Actually uh, If mm-hmm. none of you guys know about it Then it's not worth talking about We don't But mm-hmm. I will, look, I but I, but I will <laughs> say this um, DJs at, uh, As um We're a small circle. We're a small tight-knit circle. DJs and producers. Especially those of us who are successful in either round. Um, be mindful of who you're playing with. I'll leave it at that.
0: Who you're playing with? Who
2: you're playing with. Yeah, like, okay. if you're sharing a bill with somebody and that person has some classic Hallmark
0: records, you might want to stay away from them Oh, I think I know what you're talking about.
2: No, it's just, I'm not even alluding to I'm just. This is in general. This right, was an opinion of mine way before that. Is- yeah. yeah, just in general, um, you know, I know some people can say, well, some, some school thoughts or some trade thoughts may say, if you're a DJ, you should be able to, if you're a good DJ, you should be able to play uh, without playing any of your own records as a crutch, My thing is, there's a certain amount of people who are in this crowd, because I'm here, and they want
0: to see you play yeah. the recorders. and you really? you nice I've never seen. I'm using you two as an example because you have records. Mm-hmm. N- I've never seen you guys use your records as a crutch. Right, that's my thing. It's a highlight. Right, it's a, it's a, it should a, be it's a highlight. A, yeah, it's not a crutch at all. But when a promoter that. books you, they that
2: they, they're likely booking you on the strength of hey, the fact that you're real, real, a real a good DJ. You're yeah. a real DJ, but you're also you also have a catalog yeah. of records that you can pull from. Right, um, you, you know uh, that's all. It's uh, because that, that situation has been resolved. I actually kind of feel
0: like a dick for bringing it
2: up now.
0: <laughs> I was definitely a dick that night, and but that's already been squashed. <laughs> all right, so who are some of your favorite producers? My favorite producers, um, I mean, I don't want to, you know,
2: we have the usual specs suspects like all the guys from Golden Arrow, right? You know, we all
0: know somebody them. that we wouldn't expect. Like, for instance, I know one of your favorite rap groups is X Clan, but I, oh, that's... Yeah. but. That's I met. unexpected, though. I met
2: brother J for the first time last week. For real? I never met him before. Yeah. Whoa! Yeah. How was that? I was crazy. We didn't. The funny thing is, we didn't. We didn't even get to. Con- we didn't even get to have a conversation because it was so hectic. But mm-hmm. was even crazier was that he recognized me. I didn't even recognize him. Wow! I was uh, running to handle something. He was jumping out of a car and he was like,
0: "Yo!" And I'm like, "Hi, how are you?" Uh, oh. Does he know that you... Oh, he knows. He okay. knows. He knows, he knows. Okay. So, yeah, so, that, like, that's an unexpected group to have as your right. favorite. So, what's an unexpected producer that you have as a favorite?
2: I don't know. I'd have to think about that. <laughs> I'll, I'll report back to you on it. Okay. i sure. um, I don't have a favorite like producer that... Uh, That I I can say would probably be unexpected. Um, But my definition of unexpected is probably different from yours. Let me think about that. Okay. You might have to do an addendum to this show. (laughs) (laughs) All right, right.
0: so one last thing, man. Mm -hmm. What are you up to now that people could check out? Life. Okay. The gram,
1: gram, bro. They just check the gram out. The gram, maybe the
0: snap. Mm.
1: store
0: He doesn't
2: fuck with Snap. Okay, okay, good. No. No. I, Minus, I, I have all Snapchat. It's Justo Blazo because somebody <laughs> had Just Blaze already. Um,
0: Justo Blazo? Yeah,
2: I I don't use it at all. Um, I I probably have to do the same thing that I did with Instagram and Facebook, which is mm-hmm. enforce trademark law. I own the name Just Blaze, so they'll have to give it to me. Um. I just don't care that much about Snapchat to do it. Like I don't really want dog ears and shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, annoying filters, right? No, no. But some, no, that said, from a technical standpoint, those filters are amazing. Yeah,
1: yeah,
2: yeah. Like you see the girls with the with the fiber crowns and yeah. they're jumping around. <laughs> they just,
0: look all
1: pretty uh, all of a yeah. sudden, and it's staying
2: on their heads, look. <laughs> Snapchat is an amazing technical revolution. I'm just not really pressed for it. In general, uh, catch me when you catch me. You see one of those Batmobiles on the street, it might be me. Mm. <laughs> um, I'm really just focused on living life. There, there's some things happening. I don't. Like, I don't like to talk about. Nah. I used to talk about things before they happened. I stopped doing that. Right. Because like, I mean, shoot, I, I was on Exhibit C talking about it. oh nine, Act three, Act two. It's coming. Didn't come, right? <laughs> people look at you because you're the person saying it's coming, even right. though it's not your fault. They look at you like it's coming, or like, like it's your fault. And I'm like, well, it was coming when I was in, you know, at the time. Now mm-hmm. it's not. Now it's not. I don't know. Right. Um, so I'll, there, there are some cool things happening. i have reconnected with some uh, some old friends. I've made
0: some new ones. Mm. I know you hitting a, you hit a, you hit the road a lot. Yes,
2: I do. Um, In terms of the road, I'm actually going to be at uh, RBMA for the next two weeks. I'll leave. By the time this airs, I'll probably already be out there. Okay. Um, I'll be in Montreal for a bit. I'm actually trying to pull off the road. Pause. Because, or pull out... Rewind. For safety. You gave a pause for safety. Rewind. Uh, I'll actually uh, be at RBMA in Montreal for the next couple of weeks. And then... Um, I'm actually trying to pull out of being on the road so much. Um, because it's you know, the road was easy. It was it was it was a nice way to reconnect with a lot of with a lot of fans, a lot of supporters and people that I never would have normally connected with. Mm-hmm. But um it also took me away from the studio. Um and at the same time it's easy, fast, money, good buddy. Right. Like right. that. You know, uh you know, you get up on stage for 40 minutes and play X amount of records, you get X amount of money. You're like, oh, I can get that much money for that.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Okay. Like, DJ became cool. Right. You know, I grew up in an era where DJ wasn't really cool. Right. So, but just overall, um, it, it took me away from being in the studio. And with, there's some cool things that are happening now where I'm actually excited for the, worst, for the first time in a long time about being in the studio.
0: Don't. I'll Don't.
2: say that. Me and some old friends have formed uh, some new alliances. All right. Bro, you know, like
0: we look forward to it, bro. And thank you so much for coming through. Anytime, anytime. Thank, thank you for waiting Damn, for me in that traffic. Nah, nah, it's so so good. good and we don't need to give you his social media handles. If you don't know how to find Just Blaze, if jump don't off a bridge. Me, if you don't know how to find me, I don't I don't want to be found. <laughs> right. And you if not go to Just Oblazo and you will find nothing <laughs> You'll find nothing there. Later. <laughs> yeah, no, Yo, Yo, I,
2: think I snapped one thing ever. Wow. I'll let
0: you know, no Yo, best of both offices. Death it's Radio Podcast Peace